Welcome back to What Would It Cost? Today's episode, we're here with Jonathan Diaz. We're gonna be talking about all things, uh, your past, your career, and some of the things that uh, has you now into your new ventures, and uh, and some, some other stuff uh, on how you see a future for athletes, so it's super exciting. excited to be here thank you for having me uh but i wanted to start with tell a little bit about yourself your past and and uh how you got to where you are today Oof. um where do i start well i'm originally from miami so not too far from here fort lauderdale yeah. um, born and raised baseball has been my passion so you know this is what I, this is how i got here to this seat i believe and from coral gables high i was an undersized i guess player and you know i wouldn't say you know like as a scout now which is what i do professionally i wouldn't say you know i had much ceiling or much you know potential but i guess i was scrappy enough and hard-headed enough to continue to to push my boundaries and push my limits um i ended up um really wanting to go to division one college so one thing that happened that I think, you know, coincidences in life, and this was one of them, um, somebody from NC State came down to Florida looking for a pitching coach, out of all things, and they asked him if he knew any infielders. He happened to know my mother, mentioned my name, asked me to take ground balls for him, and he said, listen, we don't have any scholarships, but if you want to take a chance and come to NC State and uh, as an invited walk-on, then you're more than welcome. We'll love to have you. And that's kind of how my career took off in baseball. I ended up walking on and started as a, starting as a freshman. Yeah, I love it. Nice. Yeah. So it started already with your early, early struggles on uh, on just people saying, telling you no and, and yeah. saying what, what couldn't work or what wouldn't fit the mold. Yeah, exactly. Even in, in high school, I, I really wanted to play a certain position and I was kind of smaller and didn't have a good enough arm. So I... I worked really hard on, on those things because I just really was hungry for it. Yeah. And um, and then it just allowed me to um, continue to grow and get better. And I didn't think, I was going to college thinking, you know, maybe I'll play, you know, year one or year two, yeah. um, maybe hopefully year three. But um, I ended up starting as a freshman, which I think in this day and age in baseball, division one is close to impossible to do because of all the recruiting and all the stuff that goes into it. What's that gap from Division One to to the pros? Yeah, it was another step when I didn't, you know, I wasn't really. Obviously, I had the end goal. I was always hungry to be a professional baseball player, and I really wanted that. But I was also kind of realistic, so my goals were pretty incremental. I just wanted to go to Division One college, and then I just wanted to get drafted. And I didn't think I'd get drafted, you know, because in baseball in the states you can get drafted after your junior year of college or after you turn twenty-one. Yeah. And I didn't think I'd. I thought I was going to be a senior sign, you know, they throw me a thousand bucks, but um, I ended up, I guess, performing well enough or, you know, opening enough eyes that I got drafted in my junior year in the 12th round for the Toronto Blue Jays, which is another kind of coincidence is how we're sitting here and talking. Yeah, yeah. very cool. Yeah, how that all uh, came about. Yeah. And then from Toronto, obviously, for, for some, mo most people will know, but some people that don't follow uh your years in Toronto yeah. uh, from there. Tell us a little bit more. Okay. I think most people won't know. I was a, I was kind of like a flash in the pan. Yeah. Um, only got about 60 days in the big leagues. But um, one thing, I, you know, I kind of downplay it. Um, 
Pando, the, the guy who brought me and connected us all together. Yeah. Um, shout out to Pando. Um, yeah. He actually gets mad at me because I kind of, the humility, I was born that way. You know, I don't like to seem like it was a big deal, but coming to terms with it and being a scout now, I realized that it, it was kind of a big deal getting to the major leagues. And I read an article one time that described, um, painted a, crystallized it for me where it was like, you can, like, let's say, you know, Rogers Center, you couldn't fit you couldn't fill half of the stadium with all of the major leaguers that have been in the history of baseball and, you know, dating back 180, I don't know, or so years. But I was like, wow, you know, you, you know, if you bring in the doctors and all that, you can like fill it like multiple times. Yeah. yeah. But um, it was a it was a journey. I once I got drafted to, for the Blue Jays. Um, I also, you know, I just wanted to get one level at a time, one level at a time. And there was some certain points where. Um, I really didn't think I was kind of a bench player. I wasn't a really big prospect. So I wasn't, I didn't, I think those prospects were getting dim at a certain point. And, um, like I said, there was actually one thing that really happened in my life that was really tough to overcome was I got in this big car accident when I was like really, really close to making it. It was like a real point in time in my career that I was doing really well in AAA. And I got in this kind of terrible car crash that kind of derailed my, my whole career. Um, but I ended up overcoming that and the following year I ended up making it to the big leagues with the, with the Boston Red Sox. Nice. Yeah. yeah. And then obviously tell us a little bit about this, that again, you know, you're already pointing to it that you, you have huge humility around it, but that, that year with Boston was huge. Yeah. Uh, 2013, 2013. Yeah. yeah. Again, I mean, I feel like a lot of a lot of what's happened in my life has been a combination of like blind ignorance, hard work and a lot of luck and a lot of coincidences that have aligned. So I feel super blessed and super lucky. Leaving Toronto was very tough because that was the team that drafted me and the team that gave me all the opportunities to, to play professional baseball. Um, so when you sign as a baseball player, you have a they give you a seven, six or seven year um, contract, minor league contract. Yeah. I played out that entire contract and I became a free agent, which most um, professional baseball players don't get to reach that uh, to that state um, and get re-signed by another team. So what happened was during free agency, you know, Toronto did want me back. I, I, they did. Um, but then I saw a better opportunity with the Boston Red Sox who wanted to bring me on board. Um, what made me um, make that decision was all the coaches that I was familiar with with Toronto had just transitioned over to Boston. So they were familiar with me. I had I was in big league spring training camp. They knew what I was about. Um, they knew my mindset. They knew, you know, what type of player I was. So I was familiar with that. And of course, like I said, another super crazy coincidence, I ended up getting a big league call up that year. And that's because a lot of people had to be injured for me to, to, to kind of get that call. I was only there a week um, and I got called back down. But that team to 2013 Red Sox end up um, being a really scrappy. You know, I wouldn't say they were kind of picked to win the World Series that year, but they ended up being like a, a strong championship um, mindset team. Yeah. And that you know, cross the finish line and ended the year with the win, which is in the World Series. Yeah, very cool. Yeah, and, and so now I have a World Series ring because of it, but um, which also like blows my mind. There's so many players in baseball, great players in baseball that don't have one of those. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's huge. And I love what you, what, 
what you mentioned towards you know it's kind of like luck and preparation how they all tend to meet and hard work and I, I love hearing that me as a, as a an athlete background as well and yeah. how much that comes together luck luck is usually on the winning side yeah. of those who are the winners so I love hearing that and um, you know great to see how that all came and grew from just even getting to Div One, Division One, to then the the, the next step. So yep. very cool. Yep. And then um, I think from there, what uh, what was really cool, you know, I think you then transitioned. How did that transition happen to the scout uh, position okay. that you're in right now? So after the Red Sox, I actually came back to the Blue Jays yeah. for 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 2014 and 2015, and. I ended up getting my first major league hit with the Blue Jays, which kind of comes back full circle. You know, my first, yeah. the team that drafted me, getting my first hit with them. Um, so played with them a little bit up and down 2014 and 2015. And then I tried, and then I got, became a free agent again and ended up with the Yankees in 2016. Yeah. So all those big names you see, like the Aaron Judges, um, uh, Luis Severino's, all these like big guys for the Yankees now, we ended up winning a triple A championship the 2016 year. So I have a, uh, actually I have a World Series ring, Major League Baseball ring, a triple A, a double A. And um, um, so it's kind of cool in, in that regard. But it's uh, huge how that, that came together. Yeah. Like to have to not like and experience it at different levels. And, yeah. and now having seen those guys blossom as well and having shared those experiences. Yeah. And that's, I think yeah. that's, a, that's a huge thing that I like to talk about too, is I was in 2015 when I was with the Jays, that was my last time with the big leagues, but I was able to experience when they won the AL East. Um, so I've been a part of like amazing teams and the dedication that some of these, um, top notch, high caliber, you know, premium players, their mindsets, their routines, the way they go about their business, you know, the way the team meshes together, um, which is, kind of what I appreciate, not kind of, it is what I appreciate about Spark. Um, the way from leadership down to every, how the way everybody, the team communicates, how everybody has their specializations yeah. and how it all blends in together. Um, I've been kind of floored because this is my first time venturing out outside of baseball. And one of my passions is, you know, team building and, and psychology and communication. And I see, I see all of that work here, you know, in synergy and it's fun to witness. It's fun to be a part of as a brand partner. And that's why I kind of came on board because being in your office, being in, in the atmosphere, you can really see the energy, you know, the work ethic, the, the fundamentals that you guys put in place. Um, and it's an easy, it's an easy, um, company to promote because because of all those different things yeah the question that the viewers are are probably out there wondering what do major baseball players make good question um and it varies so it depends you know like um right now i believe the the minimum salary for a major leaguer um that plays the entire season is roughly i think around you know the high 500s low 600s but you got to understand a lot of players go up and down. So that is only prorated for the amount of time you're there. And, and then the bigger contracts, like an Aaron judge, for example, that just signed, you know, in the, in the vicinity of a you know, mid $300 million contract, you know, those are the top tier uh, contracts in baseball. And that's what everybody sees. And that's what comes out of the news. Um, 
but there's also the minor league side where I spent most of my career in, which I think after seven years of playing in the minor leagues, I made rough, roughly $12,000 for the entire year. So, you know, I was living with my in-laws and stuff and it brings me to Spark because, you know, I think we all have the understanding of, there's been a few documentaries that athletes only have a short lifespan in the game. Yeah. And sometimes, they, even if they're big hitters, even if they're making you know that that upper echelon type money, um, they still, after post playing careers, just, you know, maintain that lifestyle and and whatnot, and they find themselves you know strapped for cash, you know, not too not too long after their careers have ended. Um, so I think one a key piece key piece that's missing in in the athletic culture is the understanding of how money works how to use their money um how to invest how taxes you know how to open a business like all these different type of questions that i uh, you know i'm 37 years old i am just recently starting to get accustomed to and starting to expand my horizons so that's one big passion i have i was talking to nick this morning about i'd love to set up kind of a um a financial literate you know, literacy type of course or something where I can go around and, you know, help people understand or help players understand, like, here's what's going on. Here's um, the norm for, for a professional athlete because it happens in all sports. Yeah. You know, maybe we can expand later on to different kinds of sports, but it's extremely important, you know. Um, money, uh, and this, the crazy part is I didn't understand money growing up. I thought it was, you know, it kind of had a bad connotation to me, you know, people, rich people and stuff like that, but it's 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 fuel for your engine it's fuel for your family it's how you 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 can manage your life and um so i've listened to finance podcasts you know just decision makings and uh, of how to like allocate funds and all that stuff so i'm still really new at it and that's why i'm excited to learn a lot more but um i think spark does an excellent job of um helping people navigate that that those uh kind of stormy waters yeah very cool and i i think i it goes back and we think we've talked about it of like the Allen Iverson stories, yeah. you know, so much money and, and it's short sighted. Essentially you're looking yeah. at a career for someone, let's say 20 to maybe 35 in most sports. Yeah. So you got about five, 15 year window. If you have no injuries, Exactly. Uh, money can come and go real fast. Yeah. So really cool to hear that. I, I mean, essentially what I'm hearing back now is that, you this was out there and that you know you mentioned pando yeah uh, that that you guys met and yeah. and how that came together he was actually sitting in my seat so when i got to the stadium he was sitting in my seat i just kind of let him i sat behind <laughs> him and then you know how he is he's like oh yeah. this is your seat why didn't yeah. you tell me yeah you're a good guy <laughs> and that's how he connected me you know with you guys and yeah. uh, the rest is history yeah it's amazing no it's a great story here and as well you know that that void we talked about it is that community can definitely can definitely you know you can service that and they yeah. there's a need for that for for athletes out there and not just for athletes i think that comes back to even people that uh, that are working hard now and and or making lots of money and perhaps not keeping it in-house that 
you know, we focus on with Spark too and with our message that, you know, that hard-earned money can work a lot harder for you. Absolutely. Especially when you're, uh, when you're taking a, a nap or sleeping. Exactly. Yeah. I just saw a cool reel the other day. It was uh, Money Mayweather, Floyd yeah. Mayweather talking about. He's like, people see the bling, people see the cash and all this stuff going on. But I was investing heavily in real estate. He says he owns like, I don't know, 16 buildings in New York. So he was giving people, you know, people he trusted the money on the side to invest it properly. And that's why he's able to, you know, show show off all the stuff that he has. It wasn't that yeah. he was just spending it, you know, yeah. willingly. So yeah. he was doing smart things on the back end. Yeah, and I think it's a great example. I mean, he makes huge money on, on his fights, but that money is compounding for him big time uh, on the back end. And, yeah. And having a great team for it as well, and yeah. I think that's that's super important because you've also heard horror story with some some players, you know, having the the wrong team on their side. Exactly. But I think, uh, like I said, to to come back to what you said earlier, like you know that greediness and getting and putting the hard work in and, and luck meeting at the same time, it's uh, it's not a coincidence. Yeah. So uh, very cool, man. I love it. I love it too. Appreciate you having me. All right, Jonathan, thank you so much for being here today. We've got beautiful weather. It was amazing to have you. Yeah, I really appreciate you guys having me and I'm uh, extremely excited to be part of this Spark team. And thank you for watching and tuning in. Don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe to your preferred audio platform. See you next time.